I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from my enemies. And though the Lord liveth and blessed be the rock, let God of my salvation be exalted. The I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. 
Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. I hope you have a good day. Holy Lord, Holy
our service now when we collectively memorialize the, the death of Christ through the partaking of the Lord's Supper. Today I'm going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 25. And I do know that this was utilized uh, as little as a couple of weeks ago during the same portion of our service. This is my favorite verse pertaining to, to this subject, so I thought I would use it again, and I think it's always appropriate. Join with me in your Bible if you have it open to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 25. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, as you know, this was Paul's response to what was going on in the Corinthian church. They uh, had allowed this memorial to degrade into just a common feast. There wasn't a lot about it that even looked like a memorial. In fact, some of the people there would even get drunk on, on the wine. Uh, to say they were missing the point, I think, would be a gross understatement. As we do this in, in memory of the death of Jesus, I think we have to be careful and not allow the distractions of the world, the distractions of the day, where we're going for lunch, whatever, squeeze in and minimize our ability to remember the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. I think it's good to always recognize that even though Jesus was in fact God on earth, the pain he suffered was real. The anxiety that he felt in the garden was real. The suffering that he endured throughout this entire process was very real. And the thing is, he did it all for us and he did it willingly so that we might have hope of eternal life in heaven with him. Bow with me, please. Father, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you, Father, for the blessing of Jesus Christ and for his horrendous death on the cross to enable us to have hope of eternal life with you. Father, today we pray, we thank you for this bread. We pray that we will partake of this, Father, in a way that would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we are again thankful to you for the numerous blessings that are ours, for the hope that we have. Help us to always, Father, know that hope is through Jesus and Jesus alone. Father, as we partake of this cup, which is emblematic of the blood he shed on our behalf, please help us to examine ourselves and do this in a manner that would be acceptable to you. 
I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
we come together, oft we sing and pray. Here we bring our offering on this holy day. Crockett Rains read just a moment ago from Psalm 122. That was one of the 15 ascent psalms as the people of Israel back in the Old Testament, whenever they went to Jerusalem, they had to go up. If they were coming from Jericho, it was like 2,000 feet up into the mountains of Mount Zion. No matter which direction you come to Jerusalem, you have to go up. And so today we borrow that from the Old Testament because we gather and we go up to the house of the Lord to worship God today on the first day of the week. In Psalm 116 and verse 16, notice these words, the Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. In other words, an ordinary person can figure out how to live a victorious life. You don't have to have a PhD. You can just be a simple individual. And yet, without learning Greek or Hebrew, you can understand how to live the Christian life each and every day. So today we are challenged as we are trying to come together back in Franklin, back together here at Heritage Church of Christ in Franklin. We have the, first of all, the challenge of actually getting back together. Lord willing, we will be back in our church building on, on the first day of the week and worshiping very soon. We have a second challenge and that is singing and praying. I hope you're enjoying and pray that you're singing along with the songs and listening carefully and praying along with those that are leading prayer. We have another challenge and that is offering, giving our sacrificial gifts. The elders appreciate so much our remembering the Lord's church with our financial offerings to the Lord. So that song we sang just a moment ago, three verses all about trying to see the face of the Lord. Help us, Lord, your face to see. Let us all in truth and spirit worship thee. Jesus is present in our worship right now today. People are on, like Christ, they're on their phones. They're in a faraway place and they are on their laptops or looking at their large screen TVs, tiny phones and seeing the images of those that have public roles in the worship service today. We've gathered around our devices today to encourage each other so that we can see the face of Jesus. And you know what? That's really what we are doing. We are trying to see not just faces of people. We want to see the face of Jesus himself. I don't know who wrote this, but someone said the Bible is such a wonderful book. It's shallow enough that a little child can come and get a drink without fear of drowning and also so deep that the greatest scholars can swim in it and never touch bottom. I love that because that's so true about the Bible. Way back in Bible prophecy in the book of Ezekiel, God predicted a time when we would come together, that we would eat flesh, drink blood, and we would enjoy the sacrifice of God. You and I know what that's all about, that God had his son sacrificed on our behalf. Chris Wallace has a reading at this time, our message reading from that prophecy in Ezekiel 39. 8, verse 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations, or distress, or persecution, or famine, 
or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written. For your sake we are being killed all day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, not depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, Chris, for reading that passage from Ezekiel 39. Assemble and come together, he read. Eat flesh, drink blood. Folks, we are gathering together today around our devices, and we are we have eaten the Lord's Supper just a few moments ago. We've eaten the bread. We've eaten. We've drunk from the cup. I want you to take your Bibles now and turn to Colossians chapter 2. Follow along as we go look for our gathering together and what that's about for us. Here from Colossians 2. Down in verse 3 is one key verse. There are two key verses. One is in verse 3 where it says, Christ, in Christ, in whom... In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Be looking at that verse. Also, there's another key verse. It's actually verses 6 and 7, the same chapter. I've marked it in my Bible. As you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Two important passages for us, because what does it mean for us to gather together? Folks, we're talking about today how we walk in the Holy Spirit of God. You know who the Holy Spirit is. The third person of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the one we are rooted and grounded in, and our faith is established in Christ Jesus we, as we have been taught, we have great thanksgiving for what God has done for us. Folks, we need to beware lest anyone spoil our faith by teaching us things that are in addition to Christ Jesus. Look at Colossians 2 and verse 10. There, Paul writes the conclusion of all this, having our faith grounded in Christ Jesus. He said, you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Paul is saying that there's an incredible treasure found in Jesus Christ. In our first significant verse, verse 3, in whom are hid, hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Folks, it's in Jesus. In Jesus Christ, there are hidden treasures, and we are complete in him. You don't have to look anywhere else. All the treasure that you and I need is found in Christ Jesus. It's hidden in Christ. And why did God hide it? Is there anything better than searching for something and finding it? God hid it for us so that you and I could have the joy of discovering the treasure that's available in Christ Jesus. Notice Paul does not say here, walk with the Spirit. Uh, you would think that that might be better, but he doesn't say that. He says, walk in the Spirit. That means in the sphere of the Holy, Holy Spirit, in his territory, in other words. That 
is the walk that we are to have. We are to walk in the Spirit of the Holy Spirit of God. Let me just illustrate because I'm standing down at the front of our church building here in the auditorium. And what if the Bible said, walk in this building? Well, I could go back to the back. I could go upstairs and down into the basement. But I would need to stay in this sphere. Folks, in other words, Jesus Christ is the center of our lives. We are to remain in him at all times. Jesus Christ is our circumference. In other words, that's the outer limits of where we are to walk. Notice he doesn't say walk with the Spirit. You and I are walking in the Spirit of God. Colossians 2, let me read verses 1, 2, and 3 again. Paul says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those that are at Laodicea and all those who have not seen me face to face. Think about us this morning. Here we are worshiping together. We can't even see each other face to face. He says that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the fullness, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Folks, you and I are to walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'm trying to say, and I want you to listen to me carefully here, there is nothing worth having that's outside of Jesus Christ. Let me repeat that. There is nothing that we should want in this world that we cannot get through Jesus Christ. Nothing. And maybe I might say, well, what about my car? What about my house? I need a place to live. I need clothes. Folks, you can have your house. You can have your car. You can have your clothes. You can have all these wonderful things. But these things are simply a subset of what Jesus gives. All the blessings that we have come through Jesus, and they are available through him. But if you have to transgress the law of God, if you have to go outside of Christ Jesus to get something, Paul is saying here it's not worth it. Don't go for it. If you have to go outside of Christ Jesus, then it's anathema in the sight of God. Philippians 4 and verse 19, listen to this passage. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. There it is, in Christ. Folks, we have the Holy Spirit of God and his circumference, the Holy Spirit himself, that is the end of our walk right there. I learned that many years ago when South African diamond mines were first discovered, somebody noticed little boys from a local village, they were playing with some beautiful stones. They were using these stones like marbles. They were diamonds. They had them in their hands. Imagine these little boys playing with literally millions of dollars worth of diamonds right there. They were just playing, not realizing that they had all those riches <coughs> in their hands. Folks, that's exactly what we have in Christ Jesus. What we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest blessing that the world has ever known. The devil knows that. Satan will do everything he can to keep you and me from witnessing 
seeing the face of Christ in one another's faces when we come to worship, when we gather together. In Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus said, where two or more, or two or three, rather, are gathered together in my name, there I am among them. Folks, don't let Satan steal away this great treasure. Pay attention because the devil's trying to keep you and me away from worship, away from seeing the face of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 4 of Colossians 2. Paul says, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in the body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and firmness of your faith in Christ. Where is he going to see that? In their assembly, in their public worship together. That's what it's all about. Paul is rejoicing over the prospect that one day he's going to be right there with them in worship and he will see the good order of the church and the firmness of their faith in Christ Jesus. I want you to look at verse 8 in this chapter, Colossians 2 verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit after the traditions of men and after the rudiments of the world. Folks, the devil wants to keep you and me from worshiping with saints. Every now and then, someone will come up to me in a very animated face and with loud tones. They'll say, Steve, have you gotten the second blessing of, of God? And I say, well, what does that mean? I mean, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. This is beyond Jesus. Folks, whenever someone says that there are blessings outside of Jesus Christ, be very careful. The second blessing that people are discovering came in the first blessing. That is Jesus Christ. He is the only one. He is the only blessing. And if you find a third blessing, I guarantee it came from Jesus, who is your first blessing. And then finally in this verse 10, Paul makes this conclusion. For in him, that is in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Listen carefully. Your sins are completely washed away through the blood of Christ. You are completely perfect in the eyes of Jesus. He is looking at you right now. He is saying, you are my child. I approve of you. I approve of your life. I approve of what you're doing. And I will continue to care for you. In other words, you are completely loved and you are completely valued by the Son of God. You are. You know what Jesus is trying to say to us today? As we see his face on the faces of one another as we worship together. I don't want us to think about the points of this message. I want us to think instead of what you can hear Christ saying in your mind. If you're thinking something like, you know, I need to repent of some sins in my life, that's Jesus talking to you. Listen carefully. And if you're hearing, uh, I need to confess the name of Jesus to my friends, that's the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to you. And if there are some sins that you need to work on, sin number one, I need to stop doing that. Sin number two, those people uh, want me to go with them and I don't need to go there. Sin number three, sin number four. Folks, if you hear a voice saying, 
Let me wash away your sins. Find somebody to immerse you for that purpose. That's what Jesus said. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. It doesn't say he that believes and baptizes himself. It's nothing we do. It's done to us and for us. And so this morning, hopefully this is the last Sunday that we have our worship services online like this, but probably not. In the meanwhile, time is fast approaching. We'll be together again. Oft we come together. Oft we sing and pray. Here we bring our offering on this holy day. Let's sing together, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. Blessed be the tie Amen. The Lord.